One. Hey, welcome back to the episode of the Five Tool Podcast. We're up to episode ninety. I'm Dustin McComish, joined once again, as always, by Drew Bishop. And uh, it's it's been a little while. It's been about two weeks since we last recorded when we went through um, some players that just missed the Texas fi- uh, Five Tool Fifty Five. Uh, kind of went through that, but uh, we've we've had some. Well, not we've. Uh, Drew has had some more important and pressing matters uh, that have definitely occupied some of his time recently uh a new addition to the family he yep. is he jumped into the uh oof, i don't even know how to describe the waters but uh two little humans now in the house so um what first off welcome to the club second yep. off congratulations third how is everybody doing um it's been what six days five or six days seven days since so he's a week old yesterday so he's okay eight, eight days so he's been home for a week and three of those days i had to take number one to my mom's and spend the weekend there with him because he was sick and we couldn't let the baby get sick but uh-huh. big brother is very excited about little brother and we just have to make sure he's not too excited <laughs> <laughs> from a physical standpoint <laughs> Uh, but he, lo- he loves his little brother and everyone's healthy and good. Dogs are protective as ever and we are not sleeping. So yeah, you know, all the things that you expect. So yeah, yeah, uh, but, it's, uh, but all good. Yeah. And I say the fortunate thing is from a timing standpoint, like, you know, at least from a baseball sense, things are kind of shutting down. Yeah. Games are shutting down. So that yeah. works. But like you said, you have to play the game of all the viruses flying around. And, you know, oh, yeah. like we had to do that with Jack recently, keep her, keep him away from Lucy. Cause he had a cold. Um, it's like, yeah, you don't really think about that until it happens. And you're like, Oh, oh yeah. yeah. We need to uh, separate the family for a little bit and then bring it yep. back together when we think everybody's healthy. Yep. Yeah. That part's no fun, but it is what it is. So yeah. But yeah, I got lucky. We got to wait until the, couple days after our last fall tournament so perfect timing just like we planned it perfect timing unlike me who had one uh let's see smack dab in the middle of the summer um yeah. just like a, a couple a couple weeks before the mattingly i think the muncie was going on um why lucy was born so poor planning there but um yep. we're not planning yep. any other ones so don't have to worry about that in the future. <laughs> but uh well congrats to drew and his family um <clears throat> we certainly got a lot to talk about today uh, signing day was last Wednesday, the opening of the early signing period for um, baseball players. But a lot of the spring sports um, had their signing day begin last Wednesday and uh, really exciting time. You know, anybody who signed during that period, I, make no mistake, it's an incredible accomplishment. I don't care if it's D3, NAIA, JUCO, high level, D, whatever it is, it's it's a it's a big deal. It's, it's something that should be celebrated. There's a lot of hard work and, and people that go into it. And uh, it's, it's the start of an exciting chapter. So those guys should feel really, really proud of their accomplishments. And also too, you know, if, if you weren't one of those guys that was signing, you know, I I tweeted this out on signing day, like some of the, you know, best players I covered at Texas were like really late ads um, in the signing process. And I know that there are a lot of programs, um, D1 programs, certainly junior college programs, uh, that, you know, kind of hold, not necessarily hold spots, but they're always on the lookout for 
planning that, hey, there's going to be some some rising seniors or yeah. there's going to be some guys that opportunities just kind of arise, whether it's high academic guys that end up fitting into the program or, you know, the transfer port. Like, you know, as you know, Drew, coming out of the fall when rosters kind of start to get their – crunch isn't the right word, but guys, you know, start moving on if, if playing time's an issue or, or fit or whatever it is, like – there's a lot of things happening right now um, that are going to give a lot of players a lot of opportunities. And I, I know that there are a ton of college coaches that do allocate both time and resources to, hey, we know that there's going to be some rising seniors um, around to add to our programs, it's, especially when you talk about Texas. Um, I mean, California, gosh, we're, we're going to talk about some California guys today that I'm kind of stunned or, or uh, are still uncommitted, but um, there's still a ton of time. There's still a ton of resources. Um, you know, just, just, you know, if you're one of those guys that's maybe looking around like, man, you know, there's, there's a lot of opportunities that are still going to come for those players. Yeah, definitely. You know, and that, that's the thing, you know, I'm trying to think, you know, off the top of my head, two current big leaguers that played at Texas were signed either in the spring of their senior year or later uh, mm-hmm. with Corey Canable and Bryce Elder. So mm-hmm. You know, like we talk about it a lot, but, you know, everyone matures at a different rate. Um, There's late bloomers. Guys have been heard and just haven't had a chance to get seen or just haven't been at the right event at the right time. And, you know, and so it's tough to not get discouraged for some. But, you know, we what we've preached to a lot of people over the last 18 months is be patient. Like, yeah, there there are opportunities late, you know, not maybe not everywhere, but at a lot of places you're they're they're gonna if they want you they'll take you they'll find a way to make money for you uh or find money for you but um you know realistically just keep going out there and competing and take as part of the process and and you know see what happens so you know i i I always feel for guys like that that look around and think you know hey i'm you know i think i'm better than this guy or whatever but that goes back to what jay john or uh what josh jordan said is you know you can't be worried about the guy to the left or the guy to the right, because just everyone's scenario is different. Um, and there's plenty of opportunity in this game at, at any given time. So mm-hmm. just keep working and, you know, trust that your work and your preparation is going to put you in the right place eventually. So, um, yeah. but yeah, so, it, you know, I think we can hit on some of these, uh, some of these school, the power five schools in Texas was our plan today. Um, mm-hmm. and we're going to lump Houston into that. Uh, just because they will be in the Big 12 here sooner rather than later. Um, and They're already you know, using talk- the logo on recruiting visits. So, yeah. Right. That's, yeah. yeah. They're, they're already very much embracing the, the Power 5 element in the Big 12 move. Yeah, As definitely. They should. So what, yeah. So what we're looking at doing is we're just going to rattle off the class um, that we can find that signed. Not everyone does a press release announcing all of the things. So, um, you know, bear with us if we either miss somebody or it's not accurate. But – um, did hear from, let's see, four of the six schools confirming that that's what they had. But um, but yeah, so it's it's always an exciting time. We'll get to go through each guy, uh, rattle off the class, and then talk about the class as a whole, and then maybe some specific guys that we've seen and had some experience with. But going alphabetically, we'll start off with Baylor. Um, from what I could find, they signed 13 guys. Uh, Braden Buchanan, catcher from Vandergrift, Jackson Elizondo, left-handed pitcher from Smithson Valley, uh, Mason Green, left-handed pitcher from Cy Woods, uh, Braden Evans, a first baseman from Wharton Junior College, Michael Herndon, outfield left-handed pitcher from Concordia Lutheran, Ty Johnson, right there in town from outfielder from McLennan, 
Tyreek Kemp, an infielder from Western Oklahoma State College. Uh, another guy that we've seen. We've seen that these kids from the Netherlands pop up a lot. But yeah. Tyreek's another one. Uh, Dylan Lester, a late add to the class catcher from Deer Park. RJ Rue. So I oh, finally that's got, how you say it. I finally got around and shout Rue. out to RJ. Okay. I, I We may have gotten it right at some point, but I no, know we've me- messed it up a couple <laughs> times at least. Uh, but RJ... Uh, left-handed pitcher, outfielder from Salina, Steven Sepulveda, right-handed pitcher from El Paso, America. The water moccasin. That's right. Jackson Wilkerson, left-handed pitcher from Lake Creek. Chase Womack, an infielder from Lone Star. John Ewens, a uh, outfielder, left-handed pitcher from right there in Boscoville. So, um, good group. Uh, Dustin, what are your thoughts on this this class at first glance? Yeah, you know, one of the things that stuck out to me was you could see the imprint that this new staff made on this class. Um, we know we see those guys out on the road a lot. Saw Zach Dillon out a lot when he when he was first hired as recruiting coordinator, assistant coach. We saw Mitch, Mitch Thompson at Area Code. Uh, these guys really believe in in putting some boots on the ground and getting some eyeballs on some guys. And it showed, you know, with Sepulveda and Herndon and, you know, adding Dylan Lester late. Like, they really went out – and got eyes on a lot of guys and, and they made moves on guys that they liked and um, a good balance of, of junior college players as well. Obviously we know that, uh, that Mitch and those guys are going to have some ties to McLennan um, and, and, and have some, some, uh, some fingerprints there that they can hopefully add some players to their program, but uh, a good balance of junior college guys um, really did a good job. I, I think of the summer being aggressive with their evaluations and go out and making some moves with some good players and, um, a good balance. And I, I think it's a, I think it's a sign of things to come for this Baylor group, you know, some junior college presence, uh, definitely a lot of state of Texas presence where they leverage those, those resources and those relationships. Um, and I think eventually too, you'll probably see them spread their wings a little bit uh, in terms of out of state type stuff. But um, I, I like this class, a lot of skill, um, some intriguing two-way guys as well. Um, you know, with, with Rui and, and um, Ewan. Ruay. Ray, excuse me, Ray, um, and uh, and Ewins and Herndon, you know, is a guy that really swung it well in the summer um, at, at our events, and also he can pitch as well, and that Concordia Lutheran team is going to be really good again. So uh, a solid class, but you could definitely tell that those guys, when they were hired, they went to work, um, and it showed up on the signing list. Yeah, definitely. You know, like you said, it's, it's a good mix. You know, it, it's always interesting to me when you have a new staff come in and, uh, you know, they get the fall to – kind of evaluate what they've got on campus and then mm-hmm. you know like you said they they had some late ads uh that were clearly evaluations and aggressively pursued by the new staff um which you know a lot of times speaks to what they think they have on campus and um they did a good job because you know not only is there some projection in this group with some of the guys um that we know are really good players but you also kind of get a feel of a little bit of you know a little bit of grit and and baseball player yeah ness you know Mm -hmm. let's call it you know chase womack is a known glue guy he's just one Mm -hmm. of those guys that you know is always in the middle of things um you know known for being a good player dylan lester good player yeah Um, you know ty johnson's thought really highly of on the on the junior college circuit and you mentioned michael herndon already but you know big fan of rj ruay i mean the question for him is just going to be what does he end up doing because he's got a chance to do both um and you know, there are guys that can do both. We've seen it and we've, um, you know, we've experienced that in our time in college baseball. Um, but, you know, realistically, a lot of times guys, they'll they'll pick one or they'll land on one after a fall or so. Yeah, the game will tell out. 
-hmm. yeah, figuring out, out like what they feel more comfortable at or, you know, because it's hard to do it just physically. It's a long season. Uh, their bodies usually aren't used to it and it's a grind. Yeah. Um, but RJ is a guy that he's going to have a chance to in, end up on either side of the ball. You know, we've talked at length about Steven Sepulveda, big fan of his. Um, and, you know, it's funny I, looking at some of the high schools of some of these guys, like some of these guys are definitely on winning teams. Mm. Um, and I think that matters. Yeah. Uh, you know, I know, you know, you see Mason Green from Cy Woods. They're going to be loaded. Yeah. Lake Creek, we've talked about that program a lot. There's a lot of D1 talent on in that program, Concordia Lutheran. And obviously McLennan's won for a long time with Mitch there. So, um, you know, interesting class for sure. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how many of those guys come in and, and look to compete for spots right away. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I really appreciate, too, coaches that – trust what they're seeing you know like if you're going to put in the work and, and you're going to go out and you're going to really evaluate um what good is it if you're not going to act on it you know like like i, I think there are yeah. there's certain coaching staffs you know this is something i've always admired about skip johnson is um they they don't care like you know who's recruiting you or or what you did or who says what or whatever yeah they'll do some they'll do their homework on guys you know but like if they see a guy they like hey let's let's add them you know I'm not waiting around yeah. and that's i feel like that's what baylor did a really good job of is hey we're out we're watching guys you know if we like a guy let's do some homework and and let's trust what we're seeing and trust our evaluations and and go forward with it and i, I think that's going to really pay off for those guys because it's it's definitely paid off with this class yeah definitely exciting to see what they do with their first first full class there at baylor um moving on to houston uh let's see we've got 18 signees, um, some big names on this, guys that we've talked about at length, mm -hmm. some guys on the 5-tool 55. Um, <clears throat> but a really, really impressive job by Ross Kivett as the recruiting coordinator and that entire staff to bring in this group. But uh, lead it off with Neymara Choa Costa, outfielder from Galena Park, North Shore. Um, Connor Bennett, catcher from Oak Ridge. Jose Luis Ortiz Rivera, an outfielder from Puerto Rico. Alexander Solis, right-handed pitcher from West Laco East. Uh, Tristan Russell, shortstop from Cy Woods. Anthony Avalos, a shortstop from Pearland. Landon Bowden, left-handed pitcher from Hallsville. Braylon Collins, right-handed pitcher from Bridge City. Cameron Edmonds, right-handed pitcher from Anahuac. Uh, Adrian Herrera, catcher from Central Catholic. Alan Lopez, a second baseman from Tomball. Diego Lizardo, right-handed pitcher from LaPorte. Ace Reese, infielder from Canton. Logan Simmons, right-handed pitcher from Silsby. Taylor Tomlin, outfielder from Ed Edmond, Oklahoma. Cole Carbone, catcher from Cranston West in Rhode Island. Uh, Riley Pechasek, Pechasek from an outfielder from Bernie, who we liked. And then Larry Drake, an infielder from Grand Oaks, to round out that class. Yeah, to me, this program was the story of of recruiting in Texas for this, this 2023 cycle. And I get it, you know, the cycle is not done, but a lot of the work is, you know, what they say, a lot of hay is already in the barn. And I feel like in the past, Houston got away from, from really recruiting the high schools aggressively and at a high level and, and kind of lean too much to JUCOs and things like that. And this class, uh, I mean, they really, went to work at the high school level and man, I, not only were their early evaluations really, really good, uh, just the depth and the talent and just the balance that this group has. 
Uh, it's an outstanding recruiting class. Um, you know, we've talked a lot about guys like Ochoa and, and how talented he is and things like that. But, you know, Diego Lazardo was a guy I didn't I didn't know too much about, um, you know, heading into, um, you know, last summer. And the more I learned, the more I watched and then I got some eyeballs on him. I was like, this guy's really, really good. And you kind of look at their list and it's they just their evaluations were I think were outstanding. And then you get a guy like Logan Simmons who committed a long time ago. They hang on to him. You know, you know that there are probably programs trying to potentially see if they could pry him away from Houston and things like that. But just a great job of, of evaluating and really getting back to recruiting the high schools at the high level and also recruiting the Houston area at the high level. You know, we we know if you're positioned in Houston or DFW or or, you know, Los Angeles or San Diego or Miami, like there's certain areas of, of the U S where you don't really have to leave like a 30 mile radius to build a heck of a recruiting class. And I think that's kind of what Houston got back to doing, but you know, they also showed that, Hey, we've got, you know, going out and getting Elaine and Bowden who decommitted, you know, f- from, from TCU, you know, a, a Connor Bennett who was a one-time Vanderbilt commitment, like Houston lost a couple of guys, you know, but they also capitalized, I think really well um, on some guys that, that had their recruitment end up open up as well. So um, Ross Kivett, Todd Whitting, I mean, just a fantastic, fantastic job. I mean, I, I think Kivett has really transformed the way those guys recruit. And it, it's not just going to be a one-class thing because you look at what they're already doing in 2024, and it, yeah. it's on the similar path for those guys. Yeah, let me back up. I said North Shore for uh, for Neomar, and it's uh, it's actually Galena Park High School. But, um, but, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, you touched on some of what we've said is a good strategy for some of these – schools that are in big cities is mm-hmm. recruit everyone mm-hmm. um that you're interested in of course um and you know it's okay being second with the way the transport transfer portal is because you're seeing a lot of these guys wanting to come home now obviously some of these guys that happened before the actual signing period and going to the other school but like you said a lot of guys that were committed elsewhere and ended up coming back and um signing with a place that's close to home and mm-hmm. that's a huge win for Houston. And that's a that that we've seen that strategy from a number of football teams, whether it be TCU, Houston, um, or not. So it, I mean, it works, man. Like you know, we, Rice won a national championship with a lot of yep. guys from Houston, yep. um, and there's no reason that that Houston can't be in that same mix just because the amount of talent that's in the city of Houston. I mean, you can you can end up with some loaded classes um, just taking guys that that you're not even leaving the city. Yeah. Um, and I know coach Pierce used to always say that it's like, you could go watch a, a three-way scrim- uh, scrimmage or round Robin, uh, you know, with the Houston heat, um, uh, Kyle Chapman and Columbia angels back in the day. And your recruiting was done for yeah. a year when he yeah. was at rice. Now that's not exactly how it can work now, but like, it's not too far off. It's not crazy to think because there's so much good talent down there, but yeah, you touched on a lot of these guys. You know, Larry Drake's a guy that we like, just a baseball player. He just kind of fits that what you think of the Houston mold. Um, one time Rice commit, uh, Landon Bowden, uh, super competitive left yeah. left handed pitcher. Uh, big fan of his. Um, you know, we've talked at length about Neymar and his ability. I mean, if they can find a way to get him on campus, like Oof. that's a middle of the lineup guy early. Yeah. Uh, Tristan Russell, we're always we're, we've been big fans of him. Mm-hmm. Just another another Cy Woods guy. Um, that that school keeps popping up when as you go through some of these lists but and then Pearland like you and I talked about earlier there's just a lot of those guys popping up 
Uh, and then Tomball uh, with Alan Lopez. Yeah. There, there is a, there, especially at the younger ages, there are some dudes in that program. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's going to be fun to follow them and watch them play. Uh, but great job by Houston. Um, really excited to see what that class is able to do. And, and you know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the draft for them. So yeah, uh, we'll see how that class progresses. Uh, moving on to the next one, we will go with TCU. Uh, small class, but solid class for sure, uh, with some really good names in it and some really good players, uh, depending upon what happens with the draft. But a nine-person class uh, started out with Mason Bixby, right-handed pitcher from San Antonio Johnson, Holden Harris, right-handed pitcher from Tom Glenn High School in Leander, Trip Landers, catcher from IMG. He's originally from Arkansas. Jax Lewis, right-handed pitcher from Pinewood Christian Academy in Georgia. Sam Myers, outfielder from Cywoods. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ryder Robinson, infielder from American Fork High School in Utah. Camden Sauce, so Sauce, um, from, and he's an infielder from Granite Hills. Uh, Josh Tiedemann, third baseman from Hamilton. And Zach Wattis, first baseman outfielder from Surprise Surprise Hamilton in Arizona. Yeah, I uh, we talked about this Um <coughs> the Hamilton high school, like I came across like their picture of their signing day. And like, yeah, it's, it's stupid how much talent that program has. And it's like, and it's, I know it's like a yearly thing, but I got to think this year's at least a little bit of an outlier because I think they had like 12 or 13 guys that were like major D one guys. And it's like, Oh my gosh. Uh, You know, what is, Shout out to him because he provided some outstanding highlights for us when we were at area code and um, just really swung the bat extremely well. Um, Tall projects. I think there's still some, some room for growth there really performed um, had some power. I think they estimated that one ball he hit his second Homer. I think in the last day of area code was like a 440 foot or, or, or something like that. It, it was really, really impressive. It was a bomb. Uh, yeah. The way he swung the bat out there, but that Hamilton program, my goodness, that's, that's worth the price of admission um, every time they take the field. But, you know, TCU is, is they've done this for a while now. Um, and I don't know if it's, you know, it's just the style or, or maybe being a private school kind of lends itself to, to being able to do this a little more often, but um they they hit Texas and then they're not afraid to hey if we see somebody we like in Utah and I felt like they've always recruited California and Arizona really really well um but they have they have a consistent presence there every year but hey we see a guy we really like from Georgia and it works let's let's make it happen but they're also too don't lose sight of um you know really having some strong presence in the state of Texas you know Stan Myers for me I think that he's one of the better pure hitters in the class um, he's a guy that if he, if he makes it to school, which I think is probably likely, um, he is an instance top of the lineup ish kind of guy that can go play anywhere in the outfield. It can play it well, and is going to give you consistent at bats all the time. Uh, that's just the kind of player he is. And, uh, and he's a winner too, you know, playing with Texas 12 and Cy Woods. And, uh, there's a lot to like about him. And you know, Mason Bixby is a guy we're super high on and, and um, you know, underwent Tommy John surgery in September. I have no doubt that he's he's going to come back and, and he's going to be a weekend starter for those guys probably sooner than later. Um, a guy that I'm really excited to watch his progress and, you know, once he gets back on the mound. But um, really strong class, um, you know, good good presence out of state. 
Um, smartly went to Hamilton High School twice, which, um, you know, you do that, you're probably going to have some good players in your program. Well, yeah, you know, it's funny too, is like, you know, they've, they've done so well in California and Arizona over the last, you know, decade, let's call it. Um, you know, it's funny because they are one of the few teams in the big 12 that has grass. Um, and interesting, you know, I didn't at, think about that. Yeah. And so, you know, going to get guys that we've, we've talked about before that play infield that have played consistently on grass and dirt yeah. like that, that may, there may be something to that, but um, yeah, like you said, definitely a quality over quantity group. Um, and, you know, with a, such a small class that probably allows them to be picky and look for some guys in the spring yeah. um, and see, get some of those late bloomers, but yeah, definitely a quality class there. Um, some guys that can really play baseball. It'll be interesting to see, you know, Wattis is an obvious draft candidate, you know, number 90 mm-hmm. on the most recent baseball America list. But uh, I mean, yeah, you get a guy like that at the school. I mean, all bets are off. He's a, he's an instant middle of the middle of the lineup uh, contributor for them. If he gets there for sure. Yeah. And I know, I know, uh, you know, Star Lewis has those connections out to that part of the country, but I wonder too, how much, you know, I, I always remember TCU played in that Dodger Town event that was yeah. that was like out at I believe in Arizona or LA, LA if it was Dodger Town. But like yeah. that was something that they did really early on. And I wonder if that kind of helped them just have a little bit more of a presence um out there. It just seemed like even going back to when Jim Schlossnagel was there, they always kind of targeted that that area. Um and really well, smart. I mean- yeah, I mean, it's, you know, we've talked about before, TCU is not a cheap school. Um, and, you know, there, you'll as we go along in this list, you'll see Texas and Texas A&M did the same thing. They went and mm-hmm. got a lot of kids from California, too. I mean, the reality is, is that the sticker shock is a lot less from people that live out in Orange County yeah. um, and that part of the country because just everything's infinitely more expensive out there. And so, you know, you, you can you have some families that that price tag doesn't scare them away. Right. Um, and you know, because it may cost you some money, even if you're on a big scholarship and, you know, p- kids that are able to able to afford that and stuff, it just gives them that option to go to TCU and TCU's capitalized on it, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, the private schooling will too. You get a lot of kids that like that private school environment and kind of a smaller feel and cool little city over there in campus in Fort Worth. And um, yeah, I mean, they've, they've, they've made a killing of it <laughs> for a while. So yeah, uh, just continue to do that. Uh, moving to our next one, uh, we'll go to Texas, 17-person class. Uh, Lane Allen, infielder from Geyer, Sam Ardwan, infielder from Sam Houston in Louisiana, Casey Borba, infielder from Orange Lutheran in California, Ian Check, an infielder outfielder from Downers Grove North in Illinois, uh, Will Gasparino, outfielder from Harvard Westlake in California, Hudson Hamilton, right-handed pitcher from Grand Oaks, D. Kennedy, Infield outfield from Prestonwood Christian in the Dallas area. Evan Miranda, right-handed pitcher from Orange Lutheran. Hayden Morris, right-handed pitcher from Oak Ridge. Blake Peterson, outfielder from Westlake. Nick Sanders, catcher from Wayville, La Vega. Cole Selvig, right-handed pitcher from Altoona, Wisconsin. He goes to Regis Catholic. Um, Oliver Service, catcher outfielder from Detroit. Uh, goes to University of Liggett High School. MJ Sweeney, first baseman from St. Augustine in San Diego. Travis Cora, number uh, the number twenty three um, ranked guy on the top recent top hundred draft prospects from Round Rock, Easton Toomey's right handed pitcher from Friendswood, and George Zaharias, right handed pitcher from Menlo Atherton in California. 
So. Yeah, like TCU, another really good balance class because of some very, very local flavor in Travis Sakura and obviously unlikely to, to go to college. But um, there's always a chance when you sign a guy. Uh, and then Blake Peterson from Westlake and, you know, Nick Sanders not that far down the road. And, you know, adding Tumis late in the process, um, adding D. Kennedy late in the process. Uh, those are two really quality ads, two five to 55 guys. I mean, Tumis is in that group of pitchers. I think that's capable of of really taking a jump. I think that he's going to be a guy that scouts watch um, closely early on to see, you know, Hey, is there, is there something happening here that, that, you know, we need to really follow closely because this guy could pop up and be, end up being a draft guy, but you know, Will Gasparino, son of uh, the Dodgers amateur scouting director, um, I, We'll see what the draft happens with him. Obviously, he has some connections to pro baseball, but we saw him out at area code. And, man, he's got a lot of tools, got a lot of physical projection. There's a lot to like about that guy, uh, a definite candidate to really take a jump. And, then, and Casey Borba, another California guy, physical, can hit. Um, you know, MJ Sweeney, the son of of, of Mike Sweeney, former uh, standout, I believe he was an all-star um, for the Royals, longtime guy who was one of the better hitters in Major League Baseball when he played for forever, seemingly. And uh, MJ's a big dude. What is he like, six seven or something like that? Yeah, like he's he's a monster. He's, he can, yeah. he's a monster. Um, so he's that's an exciting talent. Like anytime you can add like the son of a big leaguer to your program, like all star. Yeah, yeah, right. Like like not just a cup of coffee guy, you know, like somebody that like you ask a Royals fan and that they can probably recall like their favorite Mike Sweeney moments, but. Uh, anytime you add a guy like that, that's that's usually a good thing because those guys have a high hit rate. But, you know, we've seen it from Texas recently in the last few years. Like they've really done a good job going out to California and capitalizing on it's like Texas, like the Texas schools can't take all the Texas guys. The California schools can't take all the California guys like there's all these other programs that are kind of competing for them as well. So Texas has really established a good presence um, out there in California. And unfortunately, uh some of those guys don't end up making it to campus because uh, they're really, really good players. But um, it's it's definitely a good thing. Like when you're adding guys from like Orange Lutheran, you know, which is kind of a Hamilton-ish type program out in California. When you have your presence out there with those types of players, um, it's a big deal. And then Texas too, you know, kind of going into the Midwest a little bit, you know, like kind of getting some big time players out there, an area code guy. Um, adding to the mix there. And, uh, you know, we know Texas had some success going back to Dylan Peters, uh, Mark Payton, guys from that neck of the woods that were really, really big time players for the Longhorns. So uh, definitely like a, a Texas name brand kind of class with some, you know, flexing the muscle out of state, but also making sure that they they hit some home runs in, in their home park as well. Yeah. And then, you know, Sam Arduan, obviously his younger brother of Silas. Um, you always like, you know, Another son of a big leaguer, yeah. Um, in the class, and you just you know you you always like to bet on those baseball connections. Casey Borba's dad is the head coach at Orange Lutheran, um, long history uh, with Team USA. Um, you know, obviously you mentioned Will Gasparino's son of Billy Gasparino. Uh, just a lot of really good uh, good fits for the program. Uh, guys that know the game, know how to play baseball, and you're always going to take a lot of those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, guys that been around the game know how to work and know how to go about it i'm you know we've talked about it before but i always remember you know thinking like you know why do these sons of big leaguers just get that like automatic bump you know like they they're always like thought of just a little bit higher maybe than they're what they show on the field sometimes right Mm -hmm. and and the older i got the more i was around the game the more you understand it because 
you know, just understanding the life and having seen the work ethic that it takes and the time commitment, you know, like having been in a locker room, like that stuff just matters. Mm -hmm. Um, And the more guys that you have that have some familiarity with that. And, you know, it's not a shock to them when you're having to, you know, colleges are limited to 20 hours a week for a good chunk of of the year and that's it. But if you're going to be a good baseball player, you're going to have to spend a lot more time than that on your own. And if you're, you know, if you're just coming in when practice is scheduled and leaving when your group's done, you're probably not going to last very long in this game. Um, And that's kind of like that hidden value of those guys that have been around and seen it, you know, firsthand and grew up in a locker room with, with dads and uh, people in the, that are involved in the game. Um, It just, it's a huge, it's a huge factor. And then, you know, I think just another one of those things that if two players are similar and one has that and one doesn't, you're probably going to opt for that guy. Yeah, Um, for sure. So, but moving on to our next class, Texas A&M, uh, right down the road uh, in College Station, 21-person class. Uh, guys on that list, Gavin Grohovic, outfielder from Villa Park, California. Carl Schmidt, shortstop from Marin Catholic in California. Jackson Brousseau, left-handed pitcher from Paris North Lamar. Weston Moss, right-handed pitcher from Lake Creek. Jet Johnson, who did live in Texas. I believe he was a West Texas guy, third baseman, mm-hmm. right-handed pitcher, who has since moved to Farragut, Tennessee. Max Coper, I believe is how you say it. It's either Coffer or Coper, but catcher from IMG. He's actually graduating early and will be on the team this spring. Oh, wow. Uh, for the for the Aggies. Um, That's pretty rare. That doesn't, he, always, that doesn't happen often in baseball. Yeah, not a ton. Uh, but obviously they thought well enough of him to – try to make that move and get him in the program and that be a good sign for him. Uh, Caden Wilson, left-handed pitcher from Ray Moore Peculiar in Missouri. Brett Antelik, who we saw and got to talk to, uh, mm-hmm. right-handed pitcher from Hazleton Area High School in Pennsylvania. Boots Landry, 5-255 guy, third baseman from Friendswood. Ty Baker, right-handed pitcher from Second Baptist. Jack Bell, shortstop from Corpus Christi Ray. Jason Bodine, Right-handed pitcher from Orangefield, Caden Ferraro, left-handed pitcher from Pearland, Zach Fry, right-handed pitcher from Timber Creek, Isaac Morton, right-handed pitcher from Spring Lake Park in Minnesota, Noah Patty, middle infielder from Carthage, um, Caden Sorrell, outfielder from Flower Mount Marcus, Brady Sullivan, outfielder from Cy Woods, Paxton Terveen, left-handed pitcher from Stratford, Austin Vargas, left-handed pitcher from Fulcher, and Tyler uh, Tyler White, right-handed pitcher from Southlake, who is also a punter. Um, so he's he will split time between baseball and football, is our understanding. Yeah, but unfortunately for the Aggies, the class. They, unfortunately for the Aggies, they've been punting a lot. So he's probably going to get some. <laughs> he's probably going to get some work. I could sorry, I could not uh, could not resist. But a lot of pitching um, in this group. You know, they've really loaded up on arms. Um, you know, last year they were pretty aggressive with their arms and this year, especially, you know, going out and it's, it's guys they identified early, but it's also guys I identified later on as well. Um, adding those guys to the mix, but, you know, I think like, like Baylor and, and, you know, maybe to a lesser extent, Texas, you can tell these guys went out in the summer and got a lot of eyes on guys and, and made some moves, you know, like, a, like a fry, for example, was a guy that really turned heads at, at one of our first events in the summer and his slider was just outstanding. And, you know, Jim Schlossnagel went and watched him. And, you know, soon after that, he was texting him commitment. So um, the, the fruits of their labor definitely played off with some of these guys on that list. And, you know, I, I it's, you know, make no mistake, I'm probably the number one Jack Bell fan in, in the state of Texas. 
I uh, just think extremely highly of that guy from the glove standpoint, what the bat can do in the future and things like that. But uh, again, you see a Texas A&M go out to California a little bit as well, getting a guy in Grohovic who's um, really, really talented, can really, really swing the bat, probably get probably be a guy that um, they have to sweat come in will be draft time. But um, so does T. Dim kind of kind of flex some out of state muscle as well. But um, they've really, really loaded up um, on guys in the state of Texas and guys with, you know, with those arrow pointing up guys that you start to hear about, like, hey, did you hear about what this guy did, you know, at this event in June and he threw this hard and he did this and they go out and get eyes on those guys quickly. And if they like it, they they make a move with it. Um, and they're, they're not afraid to do that. So uh, really, really strong class. And I think that they have a couple guys, too, that are, are potential jump guys in the senior year. Weston Moss, you know, coming back from Tommy John surgery, the reports yeah. of him throwing 95 miles an hour out in Jupiter. So that's a, that's an exciting arm uh, in the state of Texas that that could take a big jump there as well. But uh, and Paxton Turbine is a guy that that's near the top of my list of guys I want to go see in the spring. So I didn't get to see him last year. And uh, I, we had some really good video on him um, from a game against Memorial. And I think like three days later, he committed Texas A&M. So uh, he's got a chance to be one of the better left-handed pitchers in the state. But another really, really strong class. These guys are a force in recruiting right now. Um, and it shows with this list. Well, you know, a couple of things that stick out to me, um, you know, you mentioned the pitching side. What it looks like to me, you know, they've collected a lot of big bodies um, with some projection in there. Um, you know, we keep referring to them as balls of play uh, for Nate Yeski. Um, and they have that. But I think you're starting to see a little bit of some specialization. Uh, some of these guys, like you can see them fitting into certain roles, mm -hmm. you know, and I, I remember when we had a staff change in Texas, you know, that, that was part of it. Like first year or two, you're, you're collecting talent. Mm -hmm. um, and then as you go, you're able to start collecting fit. Um, and I think, I think that's what you're starting to see with some of these guys because you know, like I, I look at some of these names on here and I, I can just see an immediate role for some of these guys in the bullpen because of one pitch, right. Yeah. And just the way they throw and, you know, some of them are, have, are more effort guys than others. Um, but you can start to see like that, that they're able to do that. And it, that's a sign of a healthy program. Whenever yeah. you feel like you're able to, you know, go get a guy that, you know, some other schools might not take um, just because of their profile. Um, but you can see them fitting a huge role that winning teams have, right? Mm -hmm. You know, we having a good bullpen at that level is crucial. And you look at all the teams that get to Omaha, they typically have a pretty loaded bullpen. Yeah. Um, and that's what I think you're going to start to see with this group. Um, there's a couple of guys in here that I can look at and think, man, like, yeah, that's a, you know, they need a strikeout need a guy with a right-handed slider i'm gonna put this guy in um but it is you know another thing interesting like you know 20 years ago i don't know how many guys outside of the state of texas that a&m in texas recruited period yeah um, in between the two there's 15 um so that's you know it's interesting but you know part of it is is you're just able to consume more information with twitter and video and all that kind of stuff but you also have you know, some recruiting coordinators at these schools that have some familiarity at different parts of the country, which mm -hmm. is invaluable. Um, and, you know, finding that one key piece, that might be the difference in a championship team. So it is interesting to see some of these schools start to go more uh, national uh, than just local. Um, and I think that's a sign of a healthy program. It's, you know, when, when I was early on in my time at Texas, like, 
if you were from out of state, you were one of two things. You were either our middle of the lineup hitter, like a Mark Payton or a Friday night guy, like a, a, a Nolan Kingham, or you were rich. Those were, those were the two <laughs> yeah. ways. Yeah. Those were the two ways that you got to, that you went to Texas as an out of state guy. And I just say that, you know, the, the rich part, because it's expensive a lot of times to go to an out of state public school. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, just being creative with that and finding ways to make it work and get them, getting these guys on your rosters, you know, it's a sign of a lot of hard work um, and recruiting coordinators that aren't afraid to get out there and hustle. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, between those two classes, really good classes, a lot of out-of-state flavor from some programs that haven't always operated that way. So that's kind of cool yeah. to see. Um, then moving to our last one in the state of Texas, Texas Tech, uh, Mac, a 19-person class, Mac Hewer, TJ Pompey, Miles Naylor, Davis Rivers, Landon Stripling, Gavin Jones, Garrett Thame, Will Burns, uh, Chandler Coe, Cole Cossey, uh, Carson Preeb, Sterling Bigley, uh, Lane Bledsoe, Colton Cross, David Ray DeHoyos, J.M. Long, Sevi Martinez, Garrett Schrader, and Brady Trom- Trombello. Um, you know, another, another, another class that, you know, a lot of really solid Texas base, but then some out-of-state guys too as well. So you've got Brady Trombello's from Washington, Lane Bledsoe's from Oklahoma, um, Chandler Coe's from Connecticut, Will Burns from California. Landon Stripling, Parkview, Georgia, uh, Miles Naylor, Canada, well-documented from St. Joan of Arc, really good player that we got to see at Area Code, and then Mac Hewer, right-handed pitchers, homeschooled out of Georgia. So, um, you know, another another class, a lot of, lot of really projectable arms um, for, for that crew to work with. Um, obviously, we've always been really big fans of TJ Pompey. Um, yeah. And then, you know, we tough to, tough to ignore the – the talent at the plate that comes from Miles Naylor. Right. Yeah. Hitting runs in the family for sure. As, as the Cleveland guardians know with, with Josh being one of their middle of the lineup guys. And I think Bo is set to be their, you know, everyday catcher next year. And um, I'm going to guess whoever um, scouts th- that area for the guardians is going to probably have Miles Naylor high on the list as well, but a really advanced hitter um, solid at third base. Uh, just, you know, he's got some gap to gap power presently, but there's more in there. There's some pull side juice. He's, he's a really, really good player. And if he ends up at Texas tech, he is going to, uh, he is going to thrive, um, especially in that ballpark, but uh, probably going to be a guy that MLB teams pay very, very close attention to, but, you know, Texas tech definitely has a type, a lot of, Big, physical, power arms, power bats. You know, Davis Rivers is a power bat from the left side. You know, he's a guy that's that has some of the, the most raw power in the state. Uh, Garrett Bohm is like that too. Um, you know, another like guy right-handed, a lot of torque, a ton of power. Uh, Cole Cassie, power arm. You know, one of the best fastballs we saw this summer um, at the Mattingly when he was playing with Trotsky. Uh, Carson Preby, another tall, physical, gonna gonna be a power kind of like that power stuff, power hitting. You know that's what they got, and they they kind of mix in some you know some some athleticism and some skill in there as well. Some guys that kind of move around the diamond and do some different things. But uh, you know, make no mistake, they made it a point that hey, we're gonna get uh, we're gonna get physical with this group, and we're gonna add some power both at the plate and on the mound as well. Um, and, uh, it's, it's a, it's a good group. I mean, they, they've had good groups for Jesus. It seems like over a decade now, they just keep signing and signing and signing a lot of talent. 
Um, but you, it is interesting to see. I, I was kind of surprised at how many out of state guys they had, um, you know, and they've been good too. like the Perry kid from uh, from New Mexico, the right handed pitcher, um, mm-hmm. you know, when they signed him, like um, they kind of always like, hey, you know, we have some access to New Mexico and, and Oklahoma and just those neighboring neighboring states. But they're kind of spreading their wings even more as well. And I think that's a sign of they they're a brand in college baseball now, you know, with all the yeah. Omaha trips and and Tim Tadlock's work and the guys they put into the major league baseball draft. And like, that's a, that's a college baseball brand name now. So they're, I think they're capitalizing on that without also losing sight of how they became what they are, you know, which is really getting on the ground and, and working relationships and being aggressive with recruiting the state of Texas and those neighboring States. Yeah. And they've, they've done a good job in Georgia too. They always pluck a guy or two out of Georgia. That's a good point. Um, yeah. But you know, one of the things that always sticks out to me is like they do such a good job of finding, you know, quote unquote, hidden gems and guys that are just baseball players. Like rarely do you ever see a guy that they take that's just not a natural hitter. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes it's not the most physical guy, although this is a big class physically, you know, but they they made a history out of um, or made a trend out of taking guys that, you know, physically they may have been surpassed. Um you know, just from the uniform glance, but man, they just always have a lineup full of guys that can hit, know how to hit, um, just natural hitters. Um, and then, you know, you have a couple of those guys that are natural hitters with some talent and then you get the lineups like they've had, um, that make it to Omaha and this group's no different. There's some really good players in this group. Um, and they always do a good job of finding baseball players like Garrett Schrader from JJ Pierce, He's one of those guys for me. Like you can literally put that guy on at any position on the field. You know, I I've go I've seen his him play a lot in the summer, and every time you go to the, the ballpark, he's playing in a different spot. But he's always in the middle of stuff. Um, really, really good base runner, really athletic, uh, and has some juice too. Like I mean, I've seen him. We've seen him on some of our stuff just crank balls out of there. And you know, he plays for one of my high school teammates and. Um, you know, so I have a little bit of inside knowledge on him, but man, he is a gamer, just a really good baseball player. And then you see him sign, sign with tech and you're just like, yep, there's another one. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, Garrett Bame with the loud tools, loud, loud power, uh, Gavin Jones, the guy that popped up late, like these guys do their homework and they, yeah. and J Bob, J Bob is known for beating the bushes, man. Like he, you're not going to sneak many guys past him. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've just done an incredible job for a while at evaluating just a bunch of really good players. Yeah. Gavin Jones, I think is a good example of that. Like it, it didn't take long for, you know, once the wind started swirling about, Hey, you heard this lefty from, from white Oak. And I remember seeing his first outing in, um, in one of our really early events. And I was like, Whoa, okay. This guy's really good. And like, they made it a point to go see him <clears throat> and then coming out of area code tra- uh, trials would Gavin Jones tell us like, you know, they basically like committed him in the car ride, you know, back home or, or something like that. It was really fast. So that's just how they work, man. They get out and they see that, like you said, man, they beat the bushes. They're, they're always keeping their eyes and ears open and they find guys and you're just like, Oh wow. Yeah. Where had they know about this guy early on? And then sure enough, he's like one of the most famous names you know, Jack Livingstone last year, once Jack Livingstone started doing his thing, like Texas Tech got in there at a moment's notice. They're like, yeah, let's yep. get some eyes on it and see what see we can add into the class. So, um, yeah, another really strong class. And uh, that's that's going to be a fun program to watch. It's always a fun program to watch. But 
Um, now that like I've been more immersed with their classes and seeing a bunch of their guys, uh, it's 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 going to be fun to follow those guys. But you know, it's just been you know all these programs in Texas, you know, kind of getting out of state and bouncing, you know, adding some out of state guys with with really hammering the in state guys is. I think that's that's the way to do it, you know, especially if you add your junior college guys in there as well. And if you use the portal, that's one thing about AM that was interesting to me is we know when those guys got there, they had to really hammer the portal. And I think, like you said, now you're starting to see them take the high school guys that are starting to be talent and fit guys, which is kind of a sign of the program starting to kind of get rolling that way. But, um, you know, good balance for Texas Tech. Um, a lot of guys that with some arrows pointing up for sure, you know, definitely some candidates that could really take off during the spring. What's your, what's your favorite class in this group? Oh, that's, uh, that's tough. You know me, I'm always kind of looking forward to the draft and kind of like, Oh, there's going to be some guys that I don't, I don't think are, I don't think are going to end up there. Um, You know, I, I, I really like A&M's group because I think that they have a handful of guys that, I feel like last year's group was really established as like, okay, these are, these are undoubtedly top players in the state. But this group has a few of those guys, but they also have a few guys that are on the verge of becoming that, um, which just makes their class even more exciting. Um, you know, again, Houston was the story to me about this whole the recruiting cycle in Texas for what they did and just really doing a 180 in their high school recruiting. So I, I love that class. I think it has depth. I think even their most, you know, their guys that aren't as famous as some of those other guys. Um, are still really, really good players and really strong evaluations. And um, I'm a big fan of that group. And, you know, the Texas group, like the guys they went and got out of state are big time talents. And then the guys they ended up adding in state later on the process, you know, you commit a Nick Sanders and a Blake Pearson super early. We go out and get a D Kennedy and Easton Toomey's later on um, who are both really, really good players and really top talents. I mean, D Kennedy, an area code guy and, we saw him at the fall Blue Jays scout team in an absolute bomb to the pool side. We know he can run and he's athletic. And then Toomey's to me is like, this might be a guy that shows up at some point in, you know, in the district play and he's bumping 96 or 97 with a wipeout slider. So um, that's a, that's a really strong group as well. But um, Houston to me, I, I keep going back to those guys just because it's just such a stark difference to what things have been like in the past. And I think it's going to really, really help those guys in the future. Well, I, you know, I think the thing that stands out the most to me about all these classes, they just seem to kind of fit their place. Yeah. Right. Like they, there's obviously a, a strategy, um, a type, if yeah. you will, for a lot of these schools and what they kind of like. And man, I mean, it's, this is, it's a tough time. I mean, I, I don't know how I would rank these, but I, you know, I, what I do know is that I like all of them for each of these schools. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, for, the big 12 is going to be hyper competitive, even with Texas and OU leaving. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, especially if Houston continues to recruit like this um, tech is tech TCU is doing what they do. Um, and Baylor is just going to keep getting better. I just, yep. I don't see any path to them that, that they don't um, mm -hmm. with the talent they're compiling with the, and with that coaching staff, they're going to be um, so good at balancing Juco in high school. You know, you've got the ultimate Juco guy in Mitch, I think you've got one of the ultimate high school guys in Zach Dillon and, and we know the rest of that staff and, and how good they are as well. Like that, that's going to be a group that I feel like is always going to have that balance. Well, and, and talent thing, and fits, you know, some things that kind of go unnoticed, like, you know, not every school has a guy that really knows what he's doing with catchers. Right. And, 
We know Zach Dillon can do that. Uh, another kind of overlooked thing is James Leverton, the pitching coach, he hit in college and then was a pitcher in pro ball. So the guys that are two way, he's going to have experience with that. You know, a guy like Michael Herndon, who is uh, outfielder, left-handed pitcher, mm-hmm. John Ewens, outfielder, left-handed pitcher, RJ, RJ Rue, who we talked about earlier, outfielder, left-handed pitcher. So, you know, that like, that's a subtle thing. Um, but those little, little things and parts of staff, I mean, you know, they went out and, and got Jim Blair to be the volunteer um, mm-hmm. who has a lot of history in the state um, in, in the college game. Um, then you got Darren Thomas is, I believe he's the off guy, either the off guy or the player development, you know, former D1 head coach at UTA. So a lot of, a lot of really, really interesting stuff with that staff. I'm excited to see what they do. Um, but, you know, we've talked a lot about some out of state kids. Uh, you know, one of the things that we're going to try to do moving forward is, really highlight some other parts of the country, some guys uh, that are in some territories that we have some of our events in. Um, and and that's been fun kind of looking, going through some of our yeah. events and other territories, trying to find some of these guys, because man, like, you know, there are a lot of really good players in other States in the country um, that they just don't, they don't have as much exposure a lot of times as mm. some of the kids in Texas do. But man, there, there's a real opportunity for, you know, some of these Texas schools, if they want to go find some of these guys, um, you know, but so I think, you know, go, moving forward, we're going to try to touch on guys from Arizona, California, New Mexico, Nevada, uh, as well as some other states yeah. here in the future. But, you know, I think we we picked out a handful of guys each to just kind of talk about. And uh, I know all five of mine are uncommitted, um, but one of mine is one of mine just recently committed, but it's such an awesome name and an awesome prospect that I, that I wanted to, uh, to include him. But, you know, one thing that kept, before we get into these names, you know, Drew's got five and, and I've got five that we kind of went through and picked to, to talk about and highlight. Um, I kind of noticed that like there, a lot of the guys, especially in California, don't really have much of a social media presence. Yeah. You no, know, like, like, I guess we're just very like, different. The Texas it's guys, very different. It's just like, it's like they're like programmed to to make sure that they're they've got that thing rocking and rolling. And the California guys are just like, you know, you could t- like like uh Ralphie Velasquez, who is one of my favorite hitters by far at area code, just a just a dude from the left side, California kid. Like I remember when I wrote my notes from area code and was doing some stuff, like I couldn't find a Twitter account for him. And I'm like, this guy's one of the most famous high school hitters in the country and like a, a dude in California. And I'm not even sure he has a, he has a Twitter account. So uh, it's, it's a little well, bit different out there, but. And one of my guys, the only, the only tweets he has are stuff that he's retweeted from our events. So. <laughs> what well, that, that, so, uh, that makes us like him even more for sure. So yeah, it's just, I kind of noticed, I was like, man, like these guys are kind of not necessarily like behind or anything, but it's just curious to me that it's just like, it's just a different, different type of kid. Um, when you, when you go out West, but I also played on too, grass, like, not on Twitter. Right. Know, yeah. World. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it kind of sounds like a better world. No social media. Well, it's, yeah, it's, <laughs> it, it is funny. Like when, when I was at Texas, like I would, you know, scour Twitter and try to find guys, find guys on the internet. And like, I was, it would always be annoying if I couldn't find information on a guy, but at the same time, in the back of my mind, I was like, I kind of like this. Yeah. Like, it helps you. Yeah. We're going to talk about some guys that like I was and look, everybody's 
running their own race and recruiting and things like that. But there are a couple of guys that came across like, yo, like if you're a, if you're a, like a D one coach and you're on the, you're like, you're aggressive right now through 2023. He's like, there's some guys out in Arizona and California, even New Mexico too, that I'm kind of like, okay, like these, these guys yeah, got well, a chance. Well, let me, let me start off with that then. Cause you know, talking about 23s in Arizona, um, Landon Springmeyer, 2023 catcher from Corona del Sol high school, mm-hmm. uh, plays for the Canyon thunder. Um, this guy can hit man. Like he's physical and he can hit, you know, I see, I saw some stuff on his Twitter, 102 exit velocity yeah. at a, at an event. Um, you know, and then he's smart enough in his profile, he puts his, his test scores. And this is the guy that we're talking about with a 32 ACT and a senior wow. that can play baseball. Wow. Right? And so, you know, guys, if you're listening to this, you know, we, we've harp on this a lot, but if you're new to our podcast or have never listened to our stuff, like that stuff matters, like that stuff jumps out to you. Um, like it did me. I mean, I immediately picked up the phone and reached out to a couple uh, Ivy League schools to see if they had room because this guy can play. <laughs> um, you know, I, I don't know what his interests are, but Landon Springmeyer can hit, and he he has a. It's not just a big strong guy that hits the ball hard because he's big and strong. Right. He has a feel for hitting. Um, you know, and he I, I was just really impressed watching him. I mean, he's going to be a guy that you talk about like some guys that are trying to find somebody late. If you need a catcher. Like yeah. this guy, I mean, and I, I didn't see any, anything of him throwing, but I know his, his metrics from throwing are good. Um, but the bat, the bat plays, the bat plays. Yeah. So I, I'm excited to see what he does this spring uh, for Corona del Sol high school out in, in the Tempe area. Yeah. Keeping with the Arizona catching theme, um, Lauren Benny to me, uh, another guy listening to 3.75 GPA, uh, was a uh, uh, I believe played in the academic all-star game at the Arizona fall classic out there, but really impressive catch and throw skill. I mean, I had him at a 1.93 pop and it's a very accurate arm kind of reminded me a little bit of, of Connor Bennett. Um, not the biggest guy, but mm-hmm. the way the, the transfer and how quick it works behind the plate and the throw game and the accuracy of the arm really caught my attention. He's been swinging the bat. Well, um, also, uh, from Liberty High School um, in Nevada, uh, we had some really good stuff on him on our Five Tool Arizona account. Also, I believe the Instagram page as well. Um, yeah, he okay, yeah, he was in the uh, Arizona Fall Classic Academic Showcase game. So that's another guy. If you're one of those high academic schools, and like, I feel like catching is the hardest thing to find late catching in shortstops. And there's another catcher that you know can can uh, can qualify academically. Um, got some chops on that side and. Uh, he's definitely got the catch and throw skill down and, and moves well um, for, for a catcher for sure. So um, a guy I really liked, a guy I was kind of surprised uh, was still hanging out there. I believe he plays for the uh, for the Dodgers scout team um, in addition to Liberty High School in, in Nevada. So uh, Lauren Benny certainly a guy that if you're looking for catching, especially if you're one of those higher academic programs, that'd be a guy I put some eyes on for sure. Yeah, so then I'm going to stay in Nevada, and I'm going to go with a little bit younger guy, a uh, guy named Brady Skinner, 2025 outfielder from Sierra Vista, plays for the Canes, Las Vegas. Uh, but, man, this guy this guy can hit. And I'm not sure how tall he is, uh, but he's definitely – he looks tall and he looks long. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times those younger guys at that age that are that long have a tough time getting all those levers moving yeah. in the right direction. Uh, but Brady does not. Um, this kid can 
hit. I mean, it's you can go through his Twitter and there are clip after clip of him just destroying balls. Um, I, again, I don't know how tall he is, you know, but not like I don't want to say he's a Jason Worth type player, but like I kind of just got that feel of looking at him with the way he swings. But man, like there is he he knows how to use those levers and get everything he has into it, and he, he has that look of just of a natural feel of hitting. Yeah. He's not uh, like we talked about earlier. Some guys like he's not just a big, strong kid that is good because he's big and strong. Um, there's some baseball feel in there. And, you know, if this guy continues to mature and grow and fill out like he may be an absolute monster. But, yeah, that was Brady Skinner, 2025 outfielder from Sierra Vista, Nevada. Yeah, let's let's stay on brand with the with another um, Canes Las Vegas guy. Uh, from Faith Lutheran in Nevada, 2024 outfielder Ben Lovering. Another guy, smartly, he's got the 4.0 GPA. Um, he's got the 60 times, 6.79, 100-mile-an-hour exit velocity. He's got his cell phone number. Hey, California guys, take note. You know, Ben Lovering's got to figure it out from the social media standpoint. But uh, there are just, like, clips after clips after clips of this guy smashing baseballs. Uh, a lot of physical projection some height, some length. He's going to fill out even more. He can run well, uh, but it's like a, it's a dangerous barrel and it's under control dangerous, but it's dangerous. Like he gets in the box and he wants to punish pitches, but he does so in a way that like, he's not wild. His head's not flying out. He's not losing his lower half. Like he can actually hit. Um, and just watching the way he swings the bat and watching him move. And you kind of started going through, I was like just scrolling through all his clips. Cause like, I mean, he just killed the ball in, in one of our fall events out there, uh, just hit after hit after hit, extra base hits as well. But um, Ben Lovering, to me, is is no doubt going to be a major dude. He already is a major dude um, out in Nevada, but um, probably maybe from a national perspective as well. Like if if you're if you're a major D1, uh, especially in that neck of the woods, and you're starting to, to really hammer away at that 2024 class, um, I got to think Ben Levering from Faith Lutheran is, is going to be on your list because really exciting tools, but man, he is a fun guy to watch hit because he puts that bat in motion and it moves fast and it's in a bad move when it makes contact. Yeah. And I'm going to move over to, to New Mexico. Really good 2024 arm place for ABA. Zach K. Matz, uh, 2024 righty from Sandia high school. Um, big fan of his, you know, I, we got our, our my buddy, my buddy, Matt, from ABA. Um, he told me about him finally, you know, he was the guy that I, that I blew up a little bit for not telling me about one of his other guys. Cause I thought we were boys, but um, <laughs> yeah, my guy footy, man, he, he came in clutch with this one, but came as a uh, really good pitcher. You know, we talk about those bloodlines, having brothers, um, had a brother as a freshman, all American pitcher um, at Oregon state last year. Um, so, you know, he knows how to pitch. But it, it's easy for him. You know, the, the velo is not all the way there yet. You see an easy jump that's coming for him. But the guy knows how to pitch. And it is not straight. He's kind of got a heavy heavy action to it. Um, gets some swing and miss. Competes. Just a, a guy that you know is going to come in and throw strikes and eat innings. Um, I don't – one guy that I kind of saw when I was watching some of his stuff. Now, he's, he's a little bit thicker than Nolan Kingham was at that age. Um, mm -hmm. but just kind of, and it's not even, uh, you know, Nolan was probably just a little bit looser because he was so thin, but just the mannerisms around the mound and just that kind of feel that he knows what he's doing and has a lot of confidence in himself as a pitcher is something that kind of, uh, stood out to me, but I got to see him throw in Arizona 
really impressed with him. He's going to be a good addition for somebody. Um, just, you know, again, another really good student. Um, and, you know, can't, can't hurt having those bloodlines too. You know, got brothers obviously had some success at that next level. And, you know, typically those guys just tend to understand how things work. Um, and yeah. they had some counseling and, and, you know, it's not as, it's not as shock to the system as much as it is, as it is for some freshmen, but a uh, big fan of Zach Kinnats from ABA. Yeah. Th- those guys are usually a little bit ahead of the game when they have that sort of those bloodlines and that connections. And uh, uh, I'm going to go to New Mexico as well. Um, Alex Gilliam, left-handed pitcher from uh, HD baseball, Albuquerque uh, in our, one of our events recently was up to 87 miles an hour, but is a really, really good looking kid physically. And there are a lot of things that I'm I'm seeing in the delivery that makes me think that he's going to have a, a really big velocity jump um, in the future. Uh, pitches with a steady head. You know, it kind of reminds me some of Jackson Elizondo, a guy that's got a strength and you, it really pitches with a really steady head, moves well. And there's just a lot of things that you see like, yeah, when he gets in the right development, um, situation and kind of fully matures and things like that understands his body there could be something special here um great ch- uh, chest positioning um you know the way that the the shoulder and the arm rotate really impressive got a lot of that layback you like to see when you're looking for guys that throw really hard um again up to 87 miles an hour in one of our late october events uh curveball 72 miles an hour kind of got that true shape kind of a shorter sharper pitch than kind of one of the bigger ones with depth but it's got that shape you look for at the breaking ball. And uh, I, I think this is an exciting arm. Um, you know, I was surprised that a lefty that looks like this with this kind of delivery was still kind of hanging out there. So um, that's Alex Gilliam from Valley High School in New Mexico, uh, played with HD Baseball Albuquerque, an uncommitted uh, 2023 left-handed pitcher who, who certainly looks the part for sure. Okay, I'm going to move out to California for my next two. Um Aiden Sanchez, 2024 outfielder, uh, plays for the Modesto Hustle. Uh, from Great name. Yeah. The Tur- Turlock, California, Pittman High School outfielder. Um, this guy can hit. Like, he just he just has that feel of a hitter. Um, hit, and, you know, you look at some of his clips on Twitter, and he is – he's pushing the ball all over the place, um, hitting the ball in the, in the six hole up the middle, taking it the other way, and has some juice. Um, hit a bomb. And just, you know, he's a guy that, you know, looks athletic out of the box, uh, just a natural feel for hitting. Um, you could tell from the swings that he was being thrown different pitches and hitting different pitches in his clips, but uh, just another guy that has a good feel for hitting. And th- those guys just stand out like the guys that look like they're always on time and, mm-hmm. you know, take the ball where it's pitched and all that kind of stuff that, that that's what Aiden Sanchez does for me. And I think he's going to be a guy at 2024 outfielder, like I said, that, it's going to have some real opportunity at the D1 level for sure. Yeah, I'm sticking out in California, 2023 class um, outfielder Matthew Thomas. Uh, I believe his nickname is Chewy, which is a, a fantastic Chewy. nickname. Uh, like plays it. for Wow Factor West, goes to Cypress High School, uncommitted. Bat speed, man. It, it's it's a lot of bat speed. It's a lot of raw power. Physical, great-looking kid. Um, he's got a ton of clips of really getting after it to the, in the batting cage. So it's a really good opportunity, I think, for coaches to go see what the swing looks like, see what kind of get a feel for what his work ethic is, looks like. But, man, he's got a couple uh, balls that he hit this fall that we caught on video out, out in our Fight Tool California account, even on the main account as well, that, like, 
he punishes stuff. I mean, and I, I'm a huge, huge believer in bat speed. I think it's one of the things that as we've studied it more, especially at the professional level, you see how it correlates to success and to hitting. And we know now this is a game that the harder you throw and the harder you hit the ball, the more success you're probably going to have. And Matthew Thomas is a guy that can really hit the baseball hard, can really rotate in the batter's box. He's strong. He's got bat speed. Uh, he's proved this fall that he can hit. He's not just a guy that takes wild hacks and tries to pull bombs. Um, he can actually hit as well. So, um, you know, wow factor West, Matthew Thomas from Cypress High School, um, definitely a guy I think that uh, is probably not going to remain uncommitted for much longer after the fall he had because guys are always hunting for guys that can actually hit for power and get to it in games. Um, and that's what Matthew Thomas has been doing this fall. Yeah, and then my my last one, I'm going to go to Jody Macias, Macias, 2025 catcher from Granite Hills, plays for CBA. Um, just really impressive young player. Has a, you know, it's kind of a longer catcher. Um, you know, it kind of reminds me of a guy like Jason Castro, just kind of that taller, thinner looking catcher. Mm-hmm. Um, then more, more, not, not so much the little compact, uh, catchers that you see elsewhere, but, uh, really good feel for hitting, um, looks really young. So you have to imagine there's going to be a lot of maturing in the body. Um, uh, but again, just another guy with that feel for hitting, um, th- that's going to have a chance to really really be a big time player as a 2025 uh, coming out of Granite Hills in California. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to wrap up here with our last guy, another guy from California, our one, our lone committed guy on the list, which he was, he just recently committed. So he, he had been uncommitted for, well, I mean, he's a 2024 player. It wasn't that long, but um, the name Stunner Gonzalez is with TP SoCal out there in California uh, he recently committed to LSU, which, you know, a, another program that, okay. that really gets after recruiting wise and, and is unafraid to go out there in California. Um, we know Jay Johnson being a guy that was the Arizona head coach, he's well aware of what kind of talents out there in that neck of the woods. But, um, Stunner Gonzalez was up to 90 miles an hour, um, in one of our fall events out there playing with TP SoCal. He goes to La Costa Canyon out in California. I mean, it's just, it's a lot of, it's like everything you look for in a a young arm that you can build on. And, oh, by the way, the guy's tall and athletic with, with, you know, loose frame, loose arm, throws a lot of strikes, can spin a breaking ball. He's already up to 90 miles an hour. Um, So uh, he's been a standout in the fall and uh, wasn't surprised to see that. uh, I think it was like a couple weeks after this outing um, in one of our events out there in mid-October that he ended up committing to LSU. So um, Stunder Gonzalez definitely going to be one of the names out there in California for the 2024 class, but really fun guy to watch. Um, if you just really like watching pitching and kind of, you want to see a guy that, that kind of represents what a lot of these major programs kind of look for in an arm to project with, um, Stunder Gonzalez is, is one of those guys. And I decided to include the name. I mean, the name is great. Like his Twitter name is Stunner Gonzo 10. Like that's, that's, that's outstanding. It. it reminded me of Sean Fitzpatrick when his name was Fitz Magic, you know, mm-hmm. like I'm a, I'm a sucker for the good name. So um, that's Stunner Gonzalez. And we know that TP SoCal organization out there in California um, does a really, really good job. And uh, they've got dudes for days out there. And, and you know, we always really appreciate them um, playing our events out there because we know what kind of organization they are uh, and what they represent out there in California. Yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, it's I'm excited to start getting into different parts of the country, uh, kind of expanding our base and and seeing some of these kids because you know i mean 
a lot of these areas, they just don't get the exposure that kids right. down here get. Um, mm -hmm. It's just, you know, and that's kind of what we're trying to build um, with in five tool um, is getting in some of these areas and, and having good events and allowing these kids to, you know, get some coverage, whether it's Twitter, social media, however we do so. And, yeah. and really kind of help them grow their footprint. Um, you know, obviously a lot, there's a lot of really good baseball in our country. Mm -hmm. um, and these are some areas that are hotbeds that just, you know, may not have that constant exposure that guys do in certain parts of California yep. and in Texas and Georgia and Florida. Um, but, you know, like you said, we just, just kind of skimming through it real quick. You're finding guys that are no brainer offers that are going to yeah. play D1. Yeah. Um, so excited to kind of figure out where those pockets are and grow our connections across the country and mm -hmm. kind of help, help be part of that process for some of these guys. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, it was really fun to um, really dive through a bunch of our stuff from the fall. And I, I've got a, a long list of guys um going through that were kind of our fall standouts and things like that but um yeah even in california you get parts and even the, you know the big cities it's like texas too you know there's just guys that sometimes are just for whatever reason get a little overlooked or you know blossom later or whatever i think matthew thomas is probably a good example of that and i noticed too there are a couple of a uh, couple of state of texas coaches following matthew thomas as well so i'd be curious to see oh. if uh be curious to see if if uh he might be on that radar there so uh but yeah it's really funny and one thing i appreciate too like I'm a sucker for like the aesthetics. There's some like amazing like sunsets and scenes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like like some of the Arizona videos that we get, like just like you don't get images like that in Texas. And uh it, it was fun to kind well, of go through there. And it's and it's a little it's always it kind of catches you off guard to see so many grass fields too. <laughs> Yes, we're just, yes. We're just not as used to that anymore. No, so. and like, look, you if you can play defense on grass, that's, you know, you've proved it. You know, and that's what we say, we know it's about area code is a lot of those West Coast infielders get out there on grass and like they stand out in a good way. Yeah. Whereas sometimes yeah. you get those guys that just play on turf all the time and it's it's, it's a little a, bit of a different adjustment. game yeah. for them out there at area code. So um, really exciting there. And, um, you know, if, if you're, uh, wanting to more know about those players, certainly you can always message us and, and, uh, we can definitely get you in contact with, with our guys out in California and Arizona and all those other places as well. But um, I'm going to make it a point too, to, to kind of retweet some of these guys, uh, once we publish the podcast. So it's kind of out there as well. So, um, yeah, good stuff today. Uh, what, what are you, uh, what are you feeling on the football front this weekend? Um, I'm not going to bring up NFL. I, I know you're probably a little, um, a little perturbed with the officiating out in, uh, out in Lambo on Sunday. So that's okay. Again. Again. That's okay. Oh, uh, oh yeah, that's right. That's kind of been a thing out there. Hasn't it? Oof. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, Steelers got got a nice little win off the bye. Still three and six. Still really, really bad. So I'm not going to get too excited about that. But uh, what are you thinking in in uh, with Kansas this weekend? Got to show up. Got to <laughs> show up. I'm, you know, I'm, you know, hoping deep the saying that defense travels uh, rings true. Uh, got to get that ground game back on on track. Uh -huh. um, and you know, go from there. I mean, you know, it's still finished with some obvious improvement over last year. Yeah. Um, but you don't get to just show up, you know, and, and have two games that are going to be handed to you. So 
Um, you know, Kansas offensively can put up points. Jalen Daniels may be back. Um, I'm sure it's going to be cold and unpleasant. Probably. Weather-wise. Um, but, you know, I'm hoping that the loss last year to Kansas has their attention. You'd and think they, it should. Yeah. Yeah. So tired of hearing of it that they've had a little bit of um of an edge coming into this week. But yeah. you know, coming off a tough game, you just never know. And going on the road is never easy. Um nope. but um they need to win and they need to they need to play like Texas basketball did last night. Oh man, I was at that game. It was my first game to go to since I I covered them which was a weird experience for me, but uh, my first time to be in the Moody Center. Oh my gosh. Like from a guy that spent so many hours at the Irwin Center for like, like a decade mm-hmm. walking into that place. It was like the Taj Mahal, you know, compared to the Irwin Center and they did that thing. Right. Like, yeah. It is a, it's exactly what they said it was going to be. You know, it is a, yeah, it's a multi-purpose facility with, with the concert element, but it is a true basketball atmosphere. And, you know, some people are like, oh, you know, they, they covered up the top part or whatever. Like there were just over 11,000 people in that place. Like that is more than enough for a basketball game. Yeah. Like go look at like Cameron Indoor and some of these other places that have like six and 7,000 people and create amazing atmospheres and the way they designed it from the seats, the sight lines, the way they kind of trap, help trap the sound, the way that, you know, it's something my father-in-law pointed out, like the lighting, like we were like, how do they light the court? Cause there's like no like huge, like lights or whatever. Like everything is yeah. just like top of the notch. Like it was fantastic. It was an awesome atmosphere. Um, Texas just, absolutely took it to Gonzaga like that was that was as bad as the score suggested and maybe even worse um they played really really well um you know that was a that to me was an example of like the full potential of what that program could be under Chris Beard just the way they played the talent on the floor the atmosphere the uh, winning a big game like that what they're capable of so you know Texas fans have a lot of reason to be really excited about the basketball program who uh, so far has not been immune to whatever is affecting the uh, the football program um, over there. So exciting times. And then like the uh, next got, game for Texas is, is Creighton, which yeah. is another uh, – next home game, which is right another now. like yeah. really, really good team. Yeah, I'm going to go – to close it, I'm going to go – Cowboys beat the Vikings this weekend. Okay. Where's that game at? Um, I believe it's in it's in Dallas. It okay. should be in Dallas because they were in okay. Minnesota last year on the Cooper Rush game. I could see that. Yeah, I could see that. And uh, have you seen have you seen the weather forecast for Buffalo this weekend? Uh, yeah. So the funniest tweet I've seen about it was, um, I guess since Buffalo traded for Naheem Hines, and the 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 headline read six feet of snow. Um, Six feet of snow expected in Buffalo, and the quote tweet said, "Naheem Hines is five nine." <laughs> <laughs> Just oh, the visual there is gosh. pretty good. I saw the late, one of the weather models is like seventy inches in twenty four hours. I was like, that that is is mind boggling. Um, you know, on the MLB side, um, Verlander winning the Cy Young, no surprise there. Um, 
Although, shout out to the the MLB.com Astros reporter who didn't vote Shohei Itani in the top five. Well done, guy. Uh, he only struck out like 45 guys in four starts against the Astros and barely gave up any runs. So you definitely saw him dominate uh, the team you cover all the time. And uh, Sandy Alcantara went in it. There's a really cool video out there of him, like Pedro Martinez, like interviewing him and kind of talking about his journey. And he actually credits Pedro for like really inspiring him and things like that. It was, it was really cool. And to me, a great representation of one of the things that makes baseball unique is that you get a lot of that Latin America and and all that different sort of presence in the game, which is which is always always cool to see. So uh, we'll see what happens with the hot stove. I'm waiting to see what happens with the Red Sox. Um, your Rangers making some moves, get Martin Perez back, and they've been they've been in the hunt. They they seem like they're ready they're gonna, to try to go make a big splash. You know, well now you know it it it's kind of an under or underappreciated thing, but being inside in texas is going to it's a lot more attractive for those free agents oh yeah um so Especially the pitchers we'll see it'll, it'll be interesting it'll be interesting yeah. yeah so well that wraps us up we've talked a long time uh thanks for tuning in uh hey we had to make up for you know not doing one last week give you a little extra yeah. a little extra baseball discussion here on a thursday you can follow us um at five tool pod <laughs> both on twitter and on instagram and also you know all of our five tool coverage all of our accounts um, on Twitter and certainly our Instagram and our Facebook pages do a really great job of 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 um, of showing just cool clips, but also players who, you know, some of the guys we talked about today, like uncommitted guys that are really talented players that um, should find a home here pretty soon. Um, you know, and, and certainly we're going to try to you know, help those guys where we can. So thanks for tuning in um, until we talk to you all next time. Uh, Drew's probably going to get another energy drink. Uh, I'm probably going to get another coffee. Uh, Stay safe, stay warm, take care.